Welcome to the People's Church Sermoncast. You can join us for our live worship services on Sundays at 10 a.m. People's Church is located at the corner of Mill Plain and Andreessen in Vancouver, Washington. Please visit our website at peoplesvancouver.church to learn more about our community and how you can get involved. And now for this week's sermon. You're listening to the sermon cast from People's Church of Vancouver, Washington. You're invited to join us on Sunday mornings at 10:30 a.m. We're located at 6801 East Mill Plain Boulevard in Vancouver, Washington. For more information, visit us at peopleschurchvancouver.org. And now for this week's sermon. Heavenly Father God, we praise you today and we thank you for um, getting us back to normal worship, Lord God. We thank you for opening up the doors to your sanctuary and allowing us to come and fellowship together in community, Lord. Um, so many faces that I've loved to see over the years are here and, uh, and I can feel the love and the encouragement uh, from them. As I stand up here, you're a humble servant, Lord God, and I hope that, uh, and I pray your Holy Spirit will intervene in the hearts and the minds and uh, add coherency to this message. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So, um, you know, Jesus was a servant, period. I mean, all he really talked about was serving and dying to self and loving and serving there's very rarely in scripture where you don't see serving and loving together because really to serve the proper way love has to be there and we might have experienced that i know i did in my life being somebody that had pretty low self-esteem most of their life i always did something so i could get that good feeling you know, so I can say, yeah, I took care of that, I did that. And as God starts to work on your heart, you begin to come, become a person, when you have a love for everyone, you know, like they say in Second Peter, you have a love for other Christians, but also you start to develop a love for other people in whatever situation or circumstance that they're in. And... uh uh, I was on the verge of losing my serve. Actually, during COVID, I, I lost my serve. It was nowhere to be found because COVID isolated us and it sat us down. And uh, when you're not actively working your spiritual life, it begins to atrophy. Anybody knows what atrophy means? I, I blew my knee out in my 30s and... Uh, like two days later, I looked down at my leg and my thigh muscle was gone. It was the size, I was like, what happened to my leg? Well, that large muscle group always needs to be constantly exercising or it goes away. Same with our spiritual life. There'll be remnants back there, but that strong, thriving spiritual life, you have to exercise it. You have to keep it moving. And I found that I had lost my serve. I just... Like I, I said in April, I, I, I had a stroke, I felt like. Like I, I just was slow. My mind wasn't quite right. And things weren't quite right in my heart, in my mind. And uh, that was bothering me. But God is so terrifically relentless about staying with us. 
Because I felt like I was so far away from him. But people, his people, his servants were continuing to pray for me. I know it. Encourage me, mama. And uh, keep me going. Because things had changed so dramatically. I tell you today, don't lose your serve. You know, don't lose your ability to serve other people. This, this life in this world can get us so focused on ourselves and our problem and the things that are going on in our lives. And if you're a parent, you know, you're going to focus on your child and, and, and make sure that they have what they need to get through life. Correct? Well, you know, Jesus said to his disciple, whoever wants to be my disciples, they must give up their lives and follow me. Take up your cross and follow me. So, what good will it do for someone to gain their soul? Gain everything and lose their soul. Sometimes God brings those verses um, so clear, so crystal clear to us. And this happened to me on April 6th, and it was, it was strange, because like for about three or four weeks, people, customers, especially Christian customers, I, I, I'm telling you, I just had this litany of customers coming in, and they were Christians, and we'd have great fellowship together, and you could feel our hearts, you know, knit together because of that one binding element we had was Jesus Christ, and, and it was, it was really encouraging to me, but one night, uh, I don't know if all of you have heard this story, but a young uh, black man came in, and uh, about 26, 25, and, and I wasn't really supposed to be there that night. I was waiting on somebody else to show up, and they never showed up. But he showed up, and uh, instantly, my heart knit with him. And as he started telling his story, he's from Virginia, and he's got, uh, I guess we say, baby mama out here with a couple of kids, and he's trying to come back and get together back with her. And, well, at least to get with his kids. And I thought, you know, I like that. I like that, but you need some help. And I couldn't even sell him a car because his financial circumstances weren't that great. But um, God just instantly just told me, you need to help him. And I said, I'm going to help you. God's just impressing upon me that I need to help you. And... Uh, I had a car that I wasn't driving, so I gave him this car. And there started a litany of things over the course of the last couple of months that I, I, I said, you ever heard of bad luck schlep rock? He's like, ah, well, you Flintstones, you know. I said, you're bad luck schlep rock. Because I'm telling you, anything that could have possibly gone wrong over the next couple of months went wrong for him. And for me, because I'm going to be responsible for him. I adopted him as my nephew. He calls me Unc now, but the car blew up, and uh, just this various series of events. And the Sunday before, after I met him, he uh, the car broke down Saturday night. Um, Flat tire. I said, well, whatever, figure it out, man. 
<laughs> I'm not coming. I'm tired. And so Sunday I came to church, and I drove by the freeway, saw the car, um, just a flat tire, no big deal. I got all the stuff together that afternoon, and we went down there to get the car in the midst of a horrendous rainstorm. And somebody had walked by in between the time I saw the car, got the tools, came back to the car, and bashed out the passenger side window. <laughs> so got all that fixed up, and then the next week the car completely broke down. Even with the laying on of hands of the master mechanic, Eugene Doctor, that car was done. And so he got a job. I was encouraging, you got to get a job. you got to learn to punch a clock every day. got to learn to embrace the suck. If you want to be a dad, if you want to be a father to these children you're trying to get back with, you're going to have to learn to grind. I said, this is the first time in my life, probably since I was 40, that I haven't had at least two jobs. You know, so I said, you, you want to be a dad, you're going to have to learn to do the things that it takes to be a dad. And so he got a job out in Ridgefield at the Dollar Tree Warehouse. And uh, his hours from 10 at night till 6 in the morning. As you also know, maybe my wife works swing shift. So she starts work at 3.30 and gets off at 11.30 and she does not drive. Yeah. So for a while I was taking him to work at 10, picking her up at 12, picking him up at 6, and going to work at 9. I'm getting you a car. So I was able to find a car through a customer. Um, and it's a great little car. didn't cost a ton of money. But, but I told him, because I could see over the months as his humility started to come. As, as he started to see, because the first couple of weeks he just looking at me like, what's wrong with you? And I told him, I said, God told me to do something. And feeling so far away from God, it was amazing that I heard what he was telling me. But God has my heart. I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. And you know what? I needed him. Because the ensuing four to six weeks have been ridiculous. I can't get a day off. I mean, I'm, and when I got to work, I mean, I'm, from the time I hit the door till the time I leave, I'm busy. People are blowing up my phone. I dropped a lot of, even before that, I had friends calling me, um, basically drain my savings. Because they needed help. And, and I say this, I'm not trying to say this to build myself up because I was trained to serve. My father, my adoptive father, started by serving me and taking me off the streets and giving me a home and a life. You see, so I was trained. I wasn't just emotionally and mentally driven to do that. I watched this happen throughout my entire life. I watched this happen. So I was trained to have that heart. And I'm trying to understand why we lose our serve. Because I got focused here. I got focused inside. I stopped exercising what God had given me as a gift. This young man needed a man to show him how to serve. And then my adoptive spiritual parents, 
Pastor Grace, Pastor Monkey, they came alongside of me when I needed them and served me and my children and helped me grow up spiritually. So we all need to figure out how to serve someone else and mentor them. Even during the times when you're really low and you're really tired and you're really out of energy and you really don't want to do it. Right? Because Jesus didn't want to die on the cross. He said so. But he served the will of the Father. You understand? And, And no matter what the circumstances, no matter how you're feeling... There's still work to do in the kingdom of God because things have changed dramatically. This young man's a, a millennial, right? They're amazing. They're amazing. And you know what? It's not their fault. They came by their ideas and their understandings honestly. Because while we were sleeping, the world changed our world. We came up with the moral majority. We came up with, you didn't play school sports on Sunday. Matter of fact, you could go to downtown Portland on a Sunday and just enjoy yourself because there was nothing really going on. I think the buses barely ran on Sunday. You know what I'm saying? So the world changed pretty dramatically from what we knew what it was, but we still have to communicate with these people. We have to still be able to talk to them. And understand them. So what came into play for me was grace. I had to learn to have great grace for this young man. But still speak truth and love. And be hard on him. Because I do know one thing. I know what it takes to be a parent. You know. And and so those of us that are. And have done that. God will bring opportunities in your life. To give somebody else a second chance at life. To get them back on the track that God had laid out for them before, before the devil came in and threw a roadblock in there. But we cannot be lazy or unfocused on what God has for all of us to do as Christians. Because Christians have been getting beat up for the last 30 years, as far as I can tell, pretty good. The TV shows that come on, the Christian's always some goofball weirdo, you know, with some odd set of rules and everybody kind of makes fun of them. That's what these young people have grown up seeing. You understand? That's what they've grown up seeing. They've seen a mockery of goodness and kindness and grace. They've absorbed 30 years of that stuff. This young man's 26 and some of his attitudes about certain things I'm just like, whoa, where'd that come from? I invited him to church last Sunday. I kind of made him come to church. And uh, he was late. And I was like, where are you at? And then he was, rolls up in the parking lot. And he's sitting there for a while. I go out there and say, what's going on? He's in there eating. And I felt like my dad, like, what are you doing, man? You know. But I said, what's going on, man? He's like, oh, nothing. I don't know. What's going on? Remember, me and you, we keep it 100. Well... I said, you got a problem with God? He's like, no. You got a problem with church? Well, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, tell me about it. Well, I don't know. I just, uh, you know, basically came down. He didn't really have any great experience about church, and the people that he knew that went to church probably weren't the greatest people in the world. 
And I proceeded to tell him, church is about family and community. I said, and you know I've said this, this is the longest I've ever been anywhere. Straight up. And they know my sins. And usually I'm going to run. Find a new place where people don't know me and I can fit in. You understand? So what I relate to him was that church is about getting the opportunity to get some people to know you very, very well. And they can still show that they love you and appreciate you. Because pastor believes in my gifting way more than I do. I have a hard time with my gifting. Honestly. It's tough for me to feel worthy of even being up here and speaking to you. And that's real. And we all have those. I'm not unique in this situation, am I? Come on, church, talk to me. I'm not unique in this situation. The inadequacies we feel, we came by them honestly. And sometimes it makes it really hard to believe God. But I can tell you this, I'm a Christian. I am saved by the blood of the Lamb. And I will see Him in heaven. My job here on earth is to be that ray of light that God shines through me so other people can also see that. And they can get in touch with their gifting. And they can touch lives of other people that are out there struggling and worried and, and don't have the strength sometimes to, to honor God with what He's given them. Because we're afraid. You know, all those conditions that run through the human heart, we all feel them. And in this community... This is triage. This is the clinic for the saints. You know, this is where we come to get healing. Because sometimes we just need it. So I'm appreciative of the encouragement that I receive through text messages from Dan, George Hogue, from Grace, and from Jill and Sharon, who just give me so much love, I don't know what to do with myself sometimes. It's lavish and embarrassing, but I love it. That's why I keep coming back. That's why I'm here. That's why you're here. To represent the Lord's goodness and to serve other people. We don't get to retire. Right? You don't get to retire from loving people and encouraging people, whoever they are. Because non-Christians need it more than anybody else. So I try to encourage people. They call me the mayor at work. Because I'm always shaking hands and kissing babies. Loving on people. Because it doesn't really matter. God has replenished everything over the last three. He has replenished it. I was stupid busy. Insanely stupid busy. I was just whining about it. I was frustrated. Oh, man, I got to go to work and sell a car and make some money. What? God is so good. He just overwhelmed me over the past three or four months. But when I saw this young man receive the gift of humility, when he said to me, he called me on the phone, and he's a sharp young man. He reminds me of myself very much so because he's stubborn and uh, willful and thinks he knows a lot. But when he come, he called me on the phone, and he said, Unc, 
I need some help. I said, I need some help. I knew God had got him. You know? Because he drives us to our knees so we can look up and say, help me. Help me. And I saw this change begin to happen in him. And I told him, I said, uh, you know, got him a car, got just, you know, all this stuff. And he looks, he goes, well, I'm going to pay. I said, don't say that. Don't say that because you can't pay me back. And I don't want you to. This is an object lesson for you. This is so far afield of anything that I thought I was going to talk about today. But anyway, he says, I said, this is how helpless you feel in the arms of a loving God. You can give me nothing. You can do nothing for me. But I'm going to do for you because I love you. And I made a promise to you that I would help you. That's what the Lord taught me. Because God made a promise to me and then he put people in my life to help me become what he's called me to be. But he had to humble me. He had to break my knees and get me sitting down so I could look up. Now I'm going to be walking with a limp. That's why I was on that theme of wrestling with God. I'm not going to let go until you bless me. And now i got to have a hip replacement. <laughs> but I'm not upset about that. Because God is so good. He woke me up. He woke me up and pulled me outside of myself. Because you know what? I just am not. I'm really good at being selfish, but I never feel good about it. You know, I lost purpose. And Jordan Peterson says, just get 1% better every day. I said that to my wife, and she kind of laughed at me. And I said, but think about it, babe. In six months, how many percent is that? 180%? Close? Suck at math, but hey, I'm just saying. Strive. Strive. Strive, because today, my friends, whether it's going on in Cuba or anywhere else in the world, the world, the battle lines are being drawn. And most everywhere but here, except back behind the curtain, are Christians being persecuted. 140 kids were in Africa were kidnapped, you know, and we don't know because our media is doing what they want to do. So... We need to be dialed into what God is pressing into our hearts for service. Think of the greatest good you can possibly do and get to work doing it. You know, get to work doing it. Because we can complain and whine. We're ridiculously (laughs) blessed. I mean, ridiculous. It's absurd. Right now, there are hardly no new cars on the ground at my dealership. People are giving them $1,000 and buying something that's not even here yet and waiting for it. People are paying three, four, and $5,000 more for a car that if they just waited three or four months, they could get it. But they want it now. That's America. So it's really hard to talk about Jesus and God to somebody who has it all. But they just don't know they don't have it all. What is it to gain the whole world and lose your soul? So we have to balance our pursuits of work, of pleasure, of fun 
with a spiritual pursuit of God because he will give you true, satisfying, long-term, ongoing purpose and joy. Because I have great joy. Because I told this young man, I said, you just stay the course because your kids will get to hear a testimony of a man who did everything he could possibly do to gain them, to have them, to be their father. It's worth it because I said, if you stop, you will hate your life. You will be one of those miserable people that wishes they had it just stayed the course. God is relentless. He will not stop bothering you. He's so annoying. I don't know what to do. <laughs> you know, just so annoying. And I, I have these conversations with my. If none of you know that, I'm schizophrenic. Yes. Because I have these conversations all the time, and I'm like, what are you going to do if you don't follow God, dummy? I don't know. COVID made me stop watching TV. Because I realized that there's nothing new. And the stuff that is new, I I don't want to, but there's nothing really new going on out there. God says, you know, stop watching life. And participate in life. Get back on track to doing the things that God called you to do. We can't dwell in the pit, in, in, in the pew, pew or chair. We can't dwell there and think that the kingdom of God is going to get any better. Is it? You know, do the work. Let's not atrophy our spiritual muscles. You know. Let's not gain a bunch of stuff and have nothing to show for it. It's really strange. Um, I kind of have fun giving away stuff. This guy, I I got all these watches. I don't spend a lot of money on watches, people. I'm cheap. I'm a chiseler. I got a theory about jewelry. Number one, diamonds aren't rare. Number two, who's going to have the temetry or the bad manners to actually ask if your stuff's real? So I wear what I want. Yeah, it's a $10,000 ring. Minus 10900 you know, whatever. You know, who cares? It's funny. It's ironic to me. It really is. It's, uh, so I have a couple customers. I, I bought a watch for a customer. And he's like, well, you really admired my watch. You really liked that. So I just thought I'd get you one. But his thinking. What's he thinking? Because they know, I've already talked to them about the Lord and what the Lord's doing in my life. Become giving. It's amazing what it does to the non-Christian. That's the true service you can do with somebody when you live your life with an open hand. And it's hard because I'm a collector of clothing. I've had these shoes for 15 years, mind you. But I'm just saying, live your life with an open hand. Because everybody else is out there trying to get, get, get. I'm just, it's been an insane year in, in my business. It's insane. It's ridiculous. And I'm just like, good Lord, this is amazing. God is so good to me. 
But then you find yourself, the more you get, you start thinking about holding on to it instead of getting rid of it. Isn't that crazy? You know, getting is addictive. Giving can also become very addictive. Challenge yourself. Challenge Whether it's time, whether it's energy, whether it's a closet full of stuff that you haven't even looked at for 10 years, you know, whether it's a storage unit that you have that's so full of stuff, you, you don't even know what to do with it. God will change us from Americans to Christians. Right? We, we want to be Christian. We want to get back to what the true meaning of being a Christian is. And then the Holy Spirit and the Lord together will come inside your heart and they will redefine your purposes in this life. Right? And, and, and people love to be served. Oh, my wife blew out her ankle like five days ago. And, and so, as I whined about not having any me time, God took it all away from me. It, it, yeah, it's funny now, laugh, 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 but it wasn't at the time. I'm thinking, what's going on? I mean, for six weeks. See, COVID got me used to, we cut our hours. I was getting off at six. My wife was at work till I'm going home, taking it easy, chilling out, doing me. Now I'm getting off at nine, nine thirty, sometimes ten o'clock because, oh my, I've got too many customers to deal with. That's terrible. You know, and I'm whining. I, I, I'm keeping it real. I'm whining. I haven't had any me time. Well, my me time's gone. You know, I get off at 9, I go pick up this guy, I gotta go pick up my wife. But man, I feel good now. Uh-huh. On the back side of it, thank you, Lord, for dragging me back into your service and continuing to want me in your service. Thank you, Lord, for doing this for me. You know, it's perspective. How do you see what God's doing in your life? You know? How do you see what God's doing in your life? Not anybody else's. God, bring me here, put me on a spot just by myself, and you tell me what you want me to do with this life that you've given me, that you pulled up from the ashes, a drug-addicted baby, you know, that you threw into a family that corrected all the things that were broken in me. And allowed me to stand here today and speak to people I love about the love of Jesus Christ today. About what the Christian life is really about. You're not going to make fun of me for believing in God. Because if I don't believe in God, I can't find anything else worth believing in. I'm not a millionaire, but I've enjoyed stuff. You know, I've enjoyed sin. I thought. But I just want to encourage you today. Get in touch with God. There's a handful of people that for over the last 15 years that have kept this place going. That you don't see. My job's gotten easier for some reason, but I think Pastor Patterson and Teresa have taken a little load off of me. And I thank them for that. 
Nobody castigated me for stepping back a little bit and being less of a servant here in the house of God. Grace has always been so gentle to me. Always been so just loving and understanding. No matter what. I needed it. Because she listens to God. And God tells her how to deal with me. Understand? God will tell you how to deal with people. He will tell you how to deal with people in your life. Because he will shine a spotlight on you and show you where you have been loved, where you have been touched, where he has put you in his beautiful arms and cradled you and kept you safe during times where you had no idea the devil was ready to come take your head off, to stop you in your tracks, to not let you be here. So be a Christian. Be a servant to those who need to see Jesus Christ. Be Jesus with skin on. Let him touch you. Don't lose your serve. Can't play tennis if you can't serve. You ever notice too, the the servants, that's the power position. If you serve, you know, you got the opportunity to win. If you're always on the defense, you never know what's coming at you. You just... You know, when you're defense, you're always like this. When you're offense, you're always kind of like, where's that spot? Where's that opening? There it is. Boom. You're in. They got to react to you. All right? Be an offensive servant for the Lord. Don't ever let nobody knock you off your your perch. Because you're standing with the mighty hand of God behind you. And, And in this chronicle... God is bringing me out on the other side and reacquainting me with my gifting and with what he has called me to do and what he has has given me the power to do, the ability to do. So fill your hearts with love for other people. Help them. Be a guide. Be understanding. Grab a millennial and learn something. had to learn to speak the way he would hear me, not the way I wanted to be heard. Let's lose our arrogance as Christians. I feel we're right, but not everybody needs to know we're right. They just need to know we love them. Right? You can be right at the top of your lungs. People still won't hear you. I hope this was coherent for you. Um, it's from my heart uh, and, and serve it's such a joy to serve Debbie gives me messages from time to time and I'm just like I, I may say four or five words to, to Debbie over the course of time you know just because and it's just so encouraging that she's even thinking about me wow <laughs> so God bless you I'll pray you out of here because I got to go to work. And just to let everybody know, I work at Vancouver Toyota. We got we got more cars than anybody else, but just to let you know, because because I, I have people show up at Vancouver Toyota and they say, "Oh, hey, I didn't know you worked here." So I, I suck at self promotion. I don't like to do it very much, but anyway. Heavenly Father God, I thank you so much today for, for 
giving me this word in my heart, Lord God, allowing me to speak it out to the congregation, Father, because we have the best way to show love and understanding and service to the rest of the world, Lord. You have given us a a great gift of your Son who died for us. You cradle us in, in your arms. Help us to believe with all our hearts that you are the God who saves and who loves. I praise you today in Jesus' name. Just 60 seconds, um, and you know this, but all of you, um, uh, all of you will, will know it in a, in a moment. He's, a, he's not just front and center looking like a million bucks, whether he's, whether he's uh, helping someone get a car or having his turn on our speaking team. Uh, just a few weeks ago, Tony Hewing, her car was stolen. And um, who are you going to call? We should call him Ghostbusters. I'm going to tell you, something happens, crosses Mike Wisman's path in this house or with a person. It could be 8 in the morning or 8 at night. And uh, he was behind the scenes 6 in the morning. I think for 10 years on Sunday morning, he was here at six in the morning getting ready. But truly, truly, I want you to know that uh, he, uh, I got, Grace said, let's go find, they found the car located at Safeway on 112th. It was about 9, 930 at night. Let's go just to encourage her because she's there. And uh, who else was there? Oh, yeah, of course he was. Checking out the car inside, checking to make sure that if when she started it, it wouldn't have a, wouldn't, wouldn't, put the license plate out. Yeah, truly, Vernon, like so many of you, is a service. I think the proper thing for me to say is, I don't deserve all you servants. You're so precious. Vernon, thank you. Get on. God bless you. Rise and shine. Have a great... Have a great Sunday afternoon.